as you find your seats, if you'll turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Psalms. This morning, we are going to look at the God who is over all chaos. In the last several weeks, we've been on a journey together, and we've looked at the fact that our God, this great creator, this incredible lover, this wonderful friend, this marvelous savior, he is the God who knows all suffering. He's a God of all suffering. We looked at the fact that he's a God, not just of all suffering, he's a God of all comfort. So if you're here today and you're suffering, God can relate. And if you're here today and you need comfort, God is here. Last week we looked at this incredible God as a God of all glory, that all the things in your life, those things you're proud of, and even those things that are still broken and not quite right yet, He wants to use all those things to bring himself glory, to tell his story through your life and through my life. And this morning, we're going to look at this God who is the God over all chaos. How's your life? How are things with you and your home and your job? How has the economy affected you? How has this world situation affected you? Most likely, I hear from so many of you, We're living in the midst of chaos. And there's such good news again this morning. It's that our God is the God over all chaos. So if you're feeling like me this morning, a little undone. All right. A lot undone. A little broken. A little scared. A lot out of control. You got to lean in you got to lean in because, you know, what you and I have to hear this morning is about a God who is in control. A God who's good. A God who rules. A God who reigns. A God who loves. A God who rescues. And that's our God. And so this morning as we turn to his word, it's my hope and prayer that we will be fed and refreshed with the reality that our God reigns and our God is good and our God is in control. I need to hear that this morning. I realized that as Zach came up with all that energy and enthusiasm, and I love Zach, and he gave the announcements that giving the announcements at Orangewood is a lot like being a flight attendant. No one really listens, and seemingly no one really cares. And it's interesting because when I fly on a plane, I feel sorry for these people I feel that no one else will pay attention. No one else will listen. So I must fake that I am. You know those people, those dutiful people are sitting there. Oh, okay. Exits up there and some in the back. Good, very good. I'll pull down on the mask. That's good. Face them out. Okay, I got it. And then you try to sit with that, that look of wonder that she just told you how to put on a seatbelt. Oh, Snaps to, oh, okay. Release, oh, good, okay, very good. You know, so you just feel like, wow, that's amazing stuff. And you feel sorry for them because they really are up there doing their job and no one cares. No one seemingly is paying any bit of attention. I'm sure you've probably done the same. Look around the next time they're talking on an airplane and just see who's paying attention. That one person scared to death. That's the only person. And all you can say is, thank God I'm not sitting next to them. Well, they even tell us when we're on the flight, the name of the captain. 
We'd like to tell you the name of your captain today. Our captain's name is John Smith. Our first, uh, our, our co-pilot's name is such and such. And, you know, they're telling us name. And really, truthfully, do we care? I, I, I kind of listen to see, maybe I know them. <laughs> I don't know how. I mean, maybe it's somebody that you thought maybe in high school, or they're going to make it in life. And all of a sudden, you're going to find out, you know, Nick Mercurio's flying the plane. Get out! <laughs> <laughs> But usually I, I don't know who they are, and, and quite frankly, I've got to tell you, I really don't care. Unless something goes wrong. Then I care a lot. You know, if we're on a plane and, and all of a sudden uh, something's going wrong, then we want to know because Discovery Channel tells us that really those planes fly mostly by themselves. According to Discovery Channel, they can even land themselves. That's scary. What are they doing up there? They've locked the door. I can't even see in there anymore. I'm trusting they're there and they're doing good things. But if things start going awry, then I want to know. And so do you. And if we find out that uh, if things are going bad, uh, that the plane is in trouble, uh, then we realize that I hope, please, Lord Jesus, this gentleman is competent. And we'd be horrified if he wasn't. Can you imagine Going through some trouble. Ladies and gentlemen, we've hit some trouble with our airplane. Uh, but I want you to know right now that, that Captain Frank, he is diligently going through the procedures manual. Seems to have a good grasp on it. He's reading very diligently up there. A little tutorial. We're saying, oh, no, no, we want to know. Then, it, you know, it's really sad. In today's day and age, you want to make sure they're good. I mean, you'd be horrified if they weren't competent. You'd be terrified Post 9-11, they're evil. I mean, terrified. Who is at the controls? Is it somebody I can trust? Is it somebody who is good? Unbelievably, uh, 9-11, 2001, my mom and dad were in the air. They were flying. They left New York. You can imagine our concern flying out of New York that morning, flying down here to Florida. Uh, they were over North Carolina when the uh, pilot came on and said, Ladies and gentlemen, there is a situation that has taken place. We'll tell you about it when we are on the ground. But all you need to know is that we up here are fine and that our plane is fine. We'll tell you more when we land. I mean, that, that, that does a lot to say there's no chaos. Listen, even when you're flying, you want the pilot to say, I'm fine. You're starting to ask yourself, why is he telling me that? <laughs> what do we eat for breakfast? I'm glad he's fine. And then you want to know that everything's okay with the plane. But as soon as they landed, then all the planes that were down, they realized that there was chaos. There was chaos in the world around us. You know, you and I live our much of our lives on autopilot. We really do, don't we? And we kind of just live our lives and uh, take things as they come along, don't necessarily think a whole lot about who's in control of our lives and, and what God is doing. Most of our, our lives are lived on that autopilot kind of just get from one day to the next. You know that, that feeling, don't you? Just kind of all of a sudden the days pile up and the weeks pile up on autopilot until a little chaos comes in. You want to make sure who is in control. Who is at the controls? Well, Psalm 46 is a great psalm. It's God's answer that we all need to hear that who is in control? Who is at the controls? Can we trust him? Is he good? 
It's a psalm that the church has been reading throughout ages in times of chaos, in times of trouble, in times of uncertainty. To say, God, where are you? It's a great reminder where he is and what he does for us. So you turn with me and let's look to see this God who is in control, this sovereign one over all of creation. And let's read uh, God's word together. We're going to read the entire 46th Psalm. It's 11 verses. It's listed for you in the bulletin. You'll find an outline there as well as the scripture passage. It should be on the screen behind me. But if you're reading them in your Bible, let me encourage you to bring them. Uh, or through the bulletin or on the word, uh, words of the screen. Let's be mindful. This is God's holy word. He loves us enough. He wants us to know that he's in control, that he's good, that he gives us this word. So I'll read aloud. You read along silently. As a matter of fact, let's do this. Uh, in honor of the Lord, let's stand and, and read uh, this morning together. Let's stand. It'll give us an introduction to this psalm. Um, and it will say this. God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. There's a pause there in the Hebrew. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fail. She will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice. The earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see what the Lord has done, the desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Be still. And know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. You may be seated. Will you join me in prayer? Let's pray together. Father God, this morning, I feel a lot like that boy that we're told about in John chapter 6. All he had was five pretty scrawny pieces of bread, two fish, and you called on him to feed a multitude. What he had was not sufficient for what your people needed. But Jesus was there. And he took what he had and he broke it to pieces and he fed them until there was leftovers. 5,000 of them. Father, this morning we're not 5,000, but we still have the same needs to be fed, 
To be fed not from the hand of a sinner, but to be fed from a gracious Savior named Jesus. So, Father, would you send the Spirit of your Son with power this morning, please, I beseech thee, to speak and to feed us that desperately need to hear. We certainly live in a time that it seems like chaos is reigning. And, Father, our jobs are on shaky grounds. So much of our finances have been depleted. So many of our marriages are rocky. So many of us have health that is failing. Father, chaos seems to continue to plague your church. Feed us. Feed us again this morning through the preaching of your word. Father, I pray that you would open up our ears to hear the voice of your Son, that you would illumine our minds, shine the light of the world into our our minds so we can understand your word, wrestle with this truth. We need to hear this. This is incredible stuff. You tell us that you're good and you're at the controls and that you love us. So God, we need to understand this because the world around us tells us that you've, you've forgotten us or you're not there. Even our own doubt and sin drives you away. Come and shine the light into our minds. Father, remove our hearts that are stony and cold and unbelieving. And give us hearts of flesh that believe, that understand, that know. So much so that cast out fear. And Father, empower our feet to walk in a manner worthy of, of the gospel in a manner that declares to the world that our God reigns and we're okay in Him. Father, the things that I say that are wrong or merely my opinion, may they quickly fall away and be forgotten. The things that are true and contain the good news of the gospel, use those things to make us more like Jesus. And it's in His powerful name that we pray. Amen. Martin Luther. German reformer that completely revolutionized, changed the church, brought on the Protestant Reformation. It was Martin Luther as he wrestled with God and wrestled with his faith and then coming to saving faith in a relationship with Jesus Christ and having peace with God through that relationship wrote the words to the hymn that we sang this morning, A Mighty Fortress is Our God. It was Martin Luther whose life was threatened for proclaiming the good news of Christ. It was Martin Luther that a church would turn against him. That Rome would want to kill him. That he continued to go back to the psalm. Psalm 46. And and Martin Luther had a, a sidekick named Melanchthon. And he would say to Melanchthon, come on Melanchthon, sing with me. Come sing with me again. Psalm 46. Sing with me the reality that our God is good. Our God is a refuge. Our God reigns. Our God is a shield. Our God is a protector. Come on, Melanchthon, come and sing with me. And he said, and once we sing and we know this truth, we'll let the devil do whatever he can do. Because our God reigns. Martin Luther knew the truth that we have an ever-present God who is our help In the midst of chaos. Is your life chaos right now? Listen, our God reigns today. Not just yesterday and not just tomorrow. Martin Luther knew that his God, our God, reigns. 
in the midst of chaos, and there was chaos all around him. The world seemed upside down, literally, as the Protestant Reformation was taking shape. He knew that God was a proven help through chaos past. As he dug into scriptures, story after story says that our God truly does reign. He is good throughout the ages. He can be trusted. And he also knew what God would provide. A promised future where glory replaces chaos. Are you weary? Has there been a lot of chaos in your life? Are you waiting for a little break? Just know that God says there's a future coming where chaos will be no more. Trouble will be no more. And God's glory is going to replace it. And we're going to reign with him. The first thing is this. The first point is this. And it's in verses 1 through 7. An ever-present help in the midst of chaos. This is what our God is telling us in Psalm 30, uh, 46. He says this. Don't look to Mecca. Don't look to a certain place. Don't look to Jerusalem. Don't look to Washington. Don't look to Wall Street. Don't look to your 401k. Don't even look to the mirror. If you need help, and I know you do. If you need encouragement, and I know you do. If you need the presence of God, and I know you do. If you need to be reminded of your my goodness, God tells us, and I know you do. Know that I am an ever-present help in the midst Right there in the, in the midst of it. Not just around it, but wherever you're going through, God says, I'm going to be there. I'm going to be a help right there in the midst of your chaos with you. Literally what this is saying in the Hebrew is this. I am a help that has been found. And I've been found and I'm reliable. I am a present help that's available to you now. And what does this tell us as we look at this? God is our God. Look at that little verse there in 46.1. Look at the word pronoun are. Delight in it. Mull it over in your mind, in your heart, in your soul. Those of you, by God's grace, have placed your trust in Jesus. Hear the word are. Hear the word the Lord is our refuge. Delight in the word are. The Lord is our strength. And what we realize in verse 1 is this. Our God is a personal God. A God who cares about you and your needs. One of the most frustrating things in life is when you need help and you cannot get personal service. Just last week I had the curse of dealing with both the electric company and the phone company in one day. And I want to say I am your client And they didn't feel like they had much help to offer and to steer me through the waters. Sometimes I feel that way about God. Am I just a number? And you're so big and you got the whole world to manage. Do you really care about me? In this world, it seems like our problems might add up to a hill of beans. Who said that? Any Casablanca friends? That Rick in Casablanca? Seems like our little problems might not be that significant, but they are to God. He's a personal God who's made you, who loves you, who knows your troubles and burdens and cares about you. And listen, He wants to carry them. Our God, our God, our God. 
Are you able to say that he is my God by God's grace? He is a God who is personal. Not only that, he's a God who is near. Look at verse 1 and 7 again. He's an ever-present help. Verse 7, the Lord Almighty is where? Is with us. Verse 11, the Lord Almighty is with us. God has come. Emmanuel, God in flesh, has come to be with us. He forever will be with us. Our God is near. He may seem to be far off at times. He's far away. And sometimes our prayers seem so cold. And they just go into the ceiling. But he wants to remind us over and over and over again. Not only is our God, but our God is where? With us. He's a God who is near and dear. A God who says this to us. Listen. When you pass through the waters. When life is really hard. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. You're not going to go through it alone. I'm not going to let you go alone. Because I'm Emmanuel. I'm God with us. Our God is near. He's a personal God. He's a near God. And our hope is in Him. Here's what I love about this. What really hit me as I wrestled through this, this psalm is this. God wants us to place our hope completely in Him. Not in a place. Not in a religion. Not in a building or a church. He says, I want you to place your hope, child of the living God, in me and me alone. And I'm with you. And I'm a personal God. And I'm going to be near you. Put your hope in me. Sometimes it may be easier if we had our hope in a certain edifice, a certain building, a certain structure that we can tangibly see and and go to and say, this is our strength and our hope. But our God says, anything that we're going to put our hope in, listen, listen, this is what our God says, anything that you put your hope in, my hope in, uh, apart from him, it's going to fail. It's going to be knocked down. Put our hope in him. Our God is near. Not only that, our God is tender. I have such good news. Our God is a loving Father. He's tender. In verse 7 and verse 11, it says this about this covenant God that we call Father. He is the God of Jacob. He is the God of a man of faith. He's a man, a God who's revealed himself to those of faith. He says, I'm going to be your God and the God to your people. He's a God that you and I, sinners like us, can call Daddy. So this one who is our refuge, this one who is our strength, this one who is an ever-present help in all of danger, this one who is near, he's tender. He's loving. He's Father. You want to know his character? Look at Luke 15 and see the Father run to the prodigal and know that our God, the God who is almighty and strong, is tender. You want to know how tender God is? Look to His Son. See pierced hands. See a thorn in His flesh and wound to His side. He says, I'm tender. I'm merciful. And I'm near. And I'm Father. Can you call Him Father? This covenant God offers us a relationship with Him. Rejoice for those of you who are His. Rejoice that He is near. Rejoice that He is our God. And rejoice that He is tender that we can call Father. But you know, if that's all we had about God, we'd say that's really nice that we have a God who's near us and with us. And we have a God who's our God and a God who's tender. And if that's all we had, we'd have a lot to sing His praises. But we got more. 
We have more because why? Our God is a powerful, almighty God. That's our God. Creator of the heavens and earth. Our God reigns over all things. There's not one molecule that is outside of His control and reign. Do you believe it? Our God is mighty. Have you seen the mountains? Our God is mighty. Have you heard the crash of the seas? Our God is mighty. Have you seen the changes of season? Our God is mighty. Have you been in awe of the stars? Our God is mighty. Have you seen the face of twins that are born? Our God is all-powerful, almighty God. He's a fortress. He's a fortress to protect us. It's really, in the Hebrew, oftentimes it's used as, He is shelter in the rain. He's the one to go to when your life, when it's raining in your life, when it's raining in your marriage, when it's raining on your job. He's a fortress. How often do you need that during the week? This pastor needs it every day. I can't tell you how many times I run to him. Because there's an enemy that whispers in my ear that I'm not making it. There's an enemy that whispers in my ear that tells me that somehow I'm a loser and and I'm not good enough. And there's there's a world out there that's beating me up, that's beating you up. And every day got to run to shelter to a God who's near and a God who loves and a God I could call daddy and say, remind me again, remind me again, can I hide myself afresh in you? Our God is a fortress. Do you need to hide? Do you need protection? Are you running to him? Not only is he a fortress to protect, he has strength to defend. He has strength to defend you, your cause, but more importantly, his cause through you. Listen, it's not about your strength. It's not about your ability. It's not about your ability to pull yourself up by your bootstraps. It's not about your ability to make your way through this life. It's about his ability to get you through this life and to carry you through it and to love you in the midst of it. That's our God. And I forget over and over and over again because somehow I'm going to leave here today. I'm going to think that tomorrow comes. I got to do it all in my strength, all in my power, and I'm going to leave him behind. He says, Oh, no, Jeff, Jeff, I'm your God. I am near to you. I am your refuge. I am your strength. Do you believe it? Are we living in the midst of that? If we do, here's what we should be living and how we should be living. Therefore, we should not fear. Listen, God is with us. He's our God. He's near. He's tender. He's Father. And He's Almighty. And if, listen, if the world melts away, if the mountains crash into the sea, if, if, if our world is going to vanish, if your job is going to be lost, if, if your kids are going to stray, if your marriage is going to struggle, God is in control. And you and I should not fear. You know, I really mulled this over. I said, God, what does it look like to live a life that's believing this? What does it look like not to have fear? Fear in the midst of cancer. Fear in the midst of trial. And the conclusion that's so clear is this is the way, listen, this is the way that God wants us to tell his story. This is the way that God wants to reveal his glory. This is how, listen, this is how God wants to prove that he's real in your life and in your neighbor's life. 
It's in you and me believing that he is our fortress and strength. It's you and me really believing and living our lives saying, you know what, I, I, I might not make it. I, I might get fired. I just this morning heard about a, a dear friend of mine who, who had caught in a downsize, you know, demoted, big percentage of his pay gone, moved him out of an office into a cubicle. I say, oh, man, don't fear. God is with you. God is your strength. He's your refuge. And the way you and I, listen, the way you and I live our lives to promote to this world that we trust God, we're not afraid. Bring it on. The chaos may rage around us. It still may rage inside of us, but our God reigns. And when we believe it, and when we walk with Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit, and we live our lives, people saying, why aren't you nervous? Why aren't you afraid? What is your hope? Say, my hope is in Christ. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. He is my God. He is my refuge. He is my fortress. He is my strength. What do I have to fear? He's God Almighty. Amen? We live our lives without fear, and that our God is in control, and He is good. You know, the reality of my life is this, is I can't fix my chaos. I wish I could. I can't fix it. I'm 42. I've been a Christian a real long time. And I think by now I should be able to, to do away with any chaos that's internally still working in my life. And I haven't been able to do it. I haven't been able to fix the chaos in my home. Completely in the church. And I'm starting to realize I can't. Neither can you. But there's one who can. There's one who can who is all-powerful. we got to, listen, we got to realize that we can't vote someone into office that will remove chaos from us. we got to realize that we can't fight a war that will take chaos away from us. We're not going to make enough money to take chaos from us. Or we're not going to do enough good things to take chaos. Chaos is going to be here with us. Listen, we live in a fallen world. And things are going to happen. Things out of our control. Uh, We are not going to be able to worship well enough and do enough Bible reading and Bible study that chaos is all of a sudden going to vanish. You're not even going to be able to get it out of your own life. There's good news. There's a God over chaos. There's a Savior named Jesus in the midst of that chaos. And He's strong and He's good and He's tender and He's all-powerful. Do you know Him? Hide yourself there. Run there. Hide yourself there and find shelter and shield and joy and say, I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid. I can't fix it. But he will. He's begun that good work and he's going to finish it. Not only do we have a God who is present in the midst of our chaos, we have a proven help through chaos past. Look again in verses 8 and 9. Come and see. I love this. Come and see, the Lord calls us, what the Lord has done, the desolations He's brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shield with fire. When chaos enters our life, we want a proven leader. If you're on a plane and they say, we just lost an engine, I want a proven pilot. I don't want to learn that this is his first maiden voyage. When you get the word that you need surgery, what's usually going to ask about the doctor? How many times has he done this surgery before? Tell me he knows what he's doing. Tell me that I'm not the guinea pig. 
Please don't put me under to find his hands trembling. I want to know that this doctor knows. I always wonder, who's the first four first guy, first guy who does it? I've never known anybody who says, yeah, I've got new doctors, first time ever. Got some really sharp knives, we're excited. You want to know, you want to have a proven leader. What about a proven lawyer? What about going to uh, court? You want to have a proven lawyer? You want to show up and say, uh, hey, how are you feeling about this case? I don't know, it's my first one. <laughs> kind of nervous. You get a little letter from the IRS saying something went wrong with your taxes. You go to a CPA. Hey, have you ever dealt with the IRS before? No, but I love the opportunity. Love to work your case. Thank you very much. We'll be in touch. My people will be with your people. Now, we want someone who's a proven leader, who's got a track record. This is our God. Look through redemptive history. Our God doesn't fail. He shows up. He shows up powerfully in the midst of chaos, delivering his people, opening up seas to them pass through on dry land. He's our God who shows up and through the blood of a lamb spilled and blood on a doorpost passed over and provides life. Our God doesn't fail. Our God doesn't fail. He's got a proven track record. Come and see, he says. Come and see what the Lord has done. Come and see, no matter what empires raise up and fall away, no matter what kingdoms go into the heart of the sea, our God reigns and he's good. He's proven. And he's trustworthy. You know, I love the fact that I have the privilege of uh, pastoring a church that has some folks with some gray hair. Some folks without hair, some seasoned warriors that can say, you know, I've been through some battles and our God reigns and he's good. Do you know the story of the saints? Our God hasn't failed. And lastly, we have a promised future where glory replaces chaos. Look, look with me again. Be still in verses 10, 11. Be still. Be still and know that I am God. Interesting, I'm going to tell you about that in a minute. I I saw that in a whole new light this week. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. God says this, listen listen to the good news. Is God going to win? Is chaos going to win the day or is God winning the day? Look what he says. I will be exalted among the nations. I love the plural nations, by the way. Our God loves every tribe, tongue, and nation. They will all be there. He loves every culture. They're all important. That's why we care about missions. That way, that's why we care about different types of people. Because our God cares about brown, yellow, black, and white. They're all presses in His sight. And He says, I'm going to be exalted among all nations. It's going to happen. Our God wins. Our God reigns. Chaos is going to be done away with. This fallen earth is going to be no more. A new heaven, a new earth is coming. Right here. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. He says this, be still and know that I'm God. How do you do with stillness? How do you do with stillness? Is that a good part of your life, repertoire? It stinks for me. Usually I'm running pretty fast. Stillness, i got to work it in. But be still. What God is saying is, listen, be still and just, just know. But what Calvin and Henry and some other commentators pointed out to me this week, he's probably talking to his enemies. Look at verse 7, or verse 6. 
Nations are in an uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice. The earth melts. This is God. Listen, this is so beautiful. This is God looking at all the rulers of this earth. All the chaos of of this earth. All the powers. All the principalities. And he says, be still. Shush. Be quiet. Quiet yourself down. I'm God. Are you wrestling with an enemy? Does, does, does your world seem to be spinning out of control? Don't you love an almighty God who can say to all the powers and all the rulers, Shh, be quiet, be still, and know I am God. Certainly there's truth for us as believers as well. Be still, be still, and know our God reigns. He's a God who is good. He's a God who wins. Sometimes we Christians, we feel like we're on a losing team. That we're on a losing cause. We read the newspaper and think, oh man, it's, it's all out of control. And, oh man, it's just getting worse. And yeah, it's, it's bad. But our God wins. Do you believe it? Do you believe what it says? That His glory will fill the earth? All nations will see His glory. It's true. It's coming. Praise God. We're on the winning team. And it will happen. God's plan will not fail. And I've told you over and over and over again, and I'll tell you afresh this morning, church of the living God, you and I are God's primary vehicle to proclaim that good news. You and I are the ones that are got to proclaim the victory in Christ, and we are the ones now to go and fill this dark chaotic world with his glory and we go in without fear knowing that our God truly reigns he is our refuge he is our strength he is our friend he is our brother he is our savior he is near he is tender he is father and he wins and what a joy it is that he chooses broken sinners to go proclaim victory in the midst of chaos. For some of you this morning, the message is this. Your life is really chaotic right now and you don't want to hear about going. Just be still. Just get alone with God. Let Him remind you. Let's just Maybe for those of you who are really, really struggling right now, just take the one word R and just roll it over your mind all week. Our God, our strength, our refuge. Just be still. And know, know that our God reigns in the midst of your brokenness, in the midst of your chaos. He is above it. He's strong. He's mighty. He's a fortress. Church, we've got to proclaim this victory. We've got to proclaim it. We're, we're reminded that we've got a job to do until he comes back. And this, this meal is, is for us that basically says, don't forget, I sent my son to be broken and made him weak so you can be strong. I'm going to feed you so you can proclaim that message. Because yes, it seems like the world is spinning out of control, but it's not out of God's hands. I don't understand his providence. I don't understand all the things that he's doing, but I do know he wins. I do know he's good, and I do know he's with us. And I do know this is a reminder of that incredible victory. We've got to come together and proclaim that truth. God is with us. Amen? God is for us. Amen? Amen. 
God's plan in Christ will not fail. Amen? And let us then prepare our hearts and eat this meal and remind ourselves that in the midst of chaos, we can have peace with God. Let us pray. And Father God, we thank you for a God who is over all the chaos around us. It's our God, a personal God, a tender God, an all-powerful God, a God who would love us enough, a God who would love sinners like us enough, listen, a God who would love us enough to send His Son to be pierced for our transgressions, to send His Son in the midst of our chaos to calm the storms. The storm of your wrath, Father, he calmed on the cross. And we know you accepted it through that empty tomb. And we know that our God reigns. We know that our God is good. And we call him Abba, Father. And we know his Son as Lord and Savior. And because of that, we now can have peace that passes understanding. Spirit of living God, come and feed us. Feed us through this meal. Father, I pray. I pray for each one of us. I pray for the one right now that's in the midst of chaos that doesn't know you. Father, they can't find their way out, but you can find them. Father, I pray that the Spirit of living God right now for any in this room that don't know the peace that passes understanding of God is our refuge and Jesus is a Savior, that today they would come and embrace Christ as Savior. Give them that faith. Father, that they would acknowledge their, their sinfulness and need of a Savior and embrace You. And Father, I pray for the, Your children that, that, aren't, that aren't living their lives without fear, that are fearful for all of us, myself included, that we would be reminded again that You are our refuge and You, you are our strength and You are ever-present to help us You are our fortress. The God that each one of us in the quietness of our hearts would would confess that we've looked at our fortress apart from you and our strength and our our jobs and our retirement and our abilities. Father, forgive us. Father, forgive us for the fear in which we've lived our lives not acknowledging Christ as King. Come and deal with us. But as you deal with us, Father, we know you deal with us tenderly as a shepherd, as a friend of sinners. Feed us. Strengthen us for the journey. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. Going to ask the elders to come forward and they're going to prepare the table. But take this time to prepare your heart. Is God your refuge? If so, come and hide yourself afresh in Christ Jesus. Prepare your heart to meet with your God.